Jason Zucker is going to be out a while. And I mean, from the sound of the way the players and Mike Sullivan were speaking yesterday in Washington, D.C., it could be quite a while. But I'm having the feeling here that even though that's a significant loss, it's a top six winger, that there's also an opportunity to be had. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. The Penguins, of course, are right back in action, right back in D.C. tonight with a 7.08 p.m. face-off, trying to extend their very, very strong play of late. And when I say trying, I mean trying. The effort's there. I could argue that the effort has been there most of the time all season. It's just that it's now concentrated. It's focused. It's not wasted effort. It's not headless chicken effort. And Jason Zucker, maybe more than any player on the roster, has embodied that. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes their socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable, hypoallergenic, warmer than wool. This is the time of year for Warrior Alpaca Socks. When you go to their website, warrioralpacasocks.com, use the code DK to get 15% off your first order. One more time, warrioralpacasocks.com. Use the code DK just for our podcast listeners. Zucker has worked his rear end off from the drop of the puck in Philadelphia to right up until it looked like, I guess it was his ankle, that tipped into another skate and just went, ow, really looked bad. He'd worked so hard, and it was only over the last hmm, four or five games, I'd say, that his work began paying off. He had been doing a lot of the headless chicken thing himself. He would get the puck and he'd get all frantic and I'm going to show everybody I'm I'm working so hard. I'm going to battle to get out of this slump. I'm going to score. And he'd hustle like crazy. He'd get the puck and then almost instantly defer. He'd find Evgeny Malkin. He'd find his other winger depending on which game it was, whoever that was. And he would defer. And if you go back to when Zucker was acquired from the Minnesota Wild last season, he had just the perfect blend. There were opportunities he would take to shoot, opportunities he would take to dish at the right time. You would think these scenarios would be transposed that he would have shown up from Minnesota to Pittsburgh and wanting to impress everybody but he just played his game right off the bat he had just been coming around to that when he got hurt in Washington so I'm not going to paint this as a positive it's not you lose a top six forward you lose a top six forward No pluses to that in and of itself. But the practice yesterday in D.C. saw Zach Aston Reese getting bumped up from the Teddy Bluger line to the Evgeny Malkin line, taking Zucker's place. This 
dovetails with something that we'd been hearing at meaning at DK Pittsburgh Sports for a little bit that they've been very happy the Penguins have with Aston Reese's overall play and have been very much open to seeing him get a more prominent role. The catch to that, of course, is that he's part of Z-A-R-Bluger-Tanev. And you hate breaking those guys up. Not just because they'll pop the occasional goal, and Aston Reese himself had three goals in as many games earlier this month. It's not just that. It's that they also shut down the other team's top line. That's how they get deployed now. And that makes a big, big, big difference, particularly for the head coach when he's rolling lines. Uh, He wants to know that he's got three guys he can send over the boards to shut down, you know, the Backstrom Ovechkin line or however it is that it plays out that the other team is utilizing their lines. That's that's a valuable thing to have, and it's not something that you easily let go of. At the same time, Aston Reese is a bit of an unusual case in that he's always scored goals, like at every level of hockey. And when he was a Hobie Baker finalist at Northeastern, he was pumping him in pretty regularly. And then he shows up in Pittsburgh, if you'll recall, and in his first 10 games had five goals. And we were all talking about, woo, here comes Patrick Hornquist's replacement, because they were all like right around the net. Well, then he got hurt. And then he would start playing kind of okay again, and then he got hurt again. And then he would start playing kind of okay again, and then he got hurt again. And this went on, and it was only over this past summer that it was revealed that he'd been playing pretty much through all of this time with a significant shoulder injury might be too strong a word, but something was wrong up there that needed to be corrected. Something was wrong up there that was limiting him. So he went and he had the full bore surgery that was going to put him out for seven months and cost him the start of this season. He comes back, says his shoulder is great, He's scoring goals again. So when you have an opportunity like that, when you have a vacancy, I think there's a lazy way that a coach can go about this and just say, well, look, I'm going to take someone from the fourth line and I'm going to bump them up and we're just going to go like that. You know, he could take, meaning Sullivan, you know, Colton Sevier or whatever and put him up there and not disrupt his lines and then say, all right, well, Jared McCann is back at practice. Again, he's actually participated in the last two. He's got the yellow caution jersey on, but he's back, which means he's got to be close, right? We're just going to buy a little bit of time and put McCann there. Maybe that's still what they'll do. But the other night after Zucker went down with the injury, I thought Aston Reese looked pretty good up there with Gino, He was doing his thing that he usually does with Bluger and Tanev, uh, working down low in the attacking zone, keeping the puck, kicking it over to Gino, uh, kicking it to Rust, putting himself in front of the net, making sure those two have a target to throw the, uh, the puck toward the net for. That's, that's worth a look. 
And I would love to see the Penguins, and this head coach in particular, develop more of that mindset. It doesn't always have to be some significant injury that gives you a chance to look at Pierre-Olivier Joseph. Because if you didn't have those injuries, none of us would know what the Penguins have in POJ. POJ might not know what he has in POJ. Because he's only got one route toward building that confidence. And that's to play. And to play in significant roles. The team overall, the organization overall, becomes stronger when that happens. And that matters a lot. Even within the course of a single season, it matters a lot. Because once you get to playoffs and somebody, this guy or that guy, goes down, now you know, well, hey, that's okay because we know POJ can do that. And now in this case, maybe we'll know that Zach Aston Reese can do that important stuff. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. Time for just one question. If you'd like to leave one, you can do that by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that contains this podcast and leave it right there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need in western Pennsylvania. They're here for you when you need them. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help to find food near you. Today's just one question comes from D. Thomas who asks DK you mentioned on the Wednesday podcast, something along the lines that significant upgrades need to be made to compete for a cup. I'm probably a little bullish, but I think that other than a non-existent fourth line, I like where this team is trending, provided that Tristan Jari keeps playing well. What say you? I say that Jari's being asked to do a little bit too much right now for us to overstate how well the Penguins are playing. If you go back over this last handful of games, meaning the handful of games in which Jari woke up and began playing aggressively and attacking the shooters and all that other good stuff, you'll also find an inordinate number of high-danger scoring chances allowed by the Penguins. Now, there have been all different kinds of reasons for that. Sometimes it's just, you know, Mike Matheson got beat to the inside by Richard Ponick a couple nights ago in D.C. Uh, that that just can't happen. Uh, Matheson's way too good a skater and way too strong, physically strong, of an athlete for that to happen. You'll also see clean breakaways, two-on-ones, two-on-os. Not as much of the odd man breaks, but you'll see just the real bad breakdowns in the defensive zone. That has to be shored up. I'd also still like to see more consistency in attack zone time. Yes, the Penguins have been better at that, particularly with the top six, and that's been very encouraging. But I don't think we've seen enough of it for us to say 
that the Penguins are... They're so good at puck possession, uh, so fast, so dangerous and everything, that they can afford to not be physical. And I always feel like when I use the word physical, I lose like, I don't know, 60% of anyone that's listening. Wait a second, physical? Wow, this isn't the 1970s. Okay, there's lots of different ways to define physical. The Sullivan definition of physical means that you're getting in there and you're working your tail off to get the puck. Being physical in that context is very much part of puck possession. However, you also can be plain old physical. Think Sam Lafferty. Sam Lafferty is basically tasked with getting a hit per shift. You can see that. You can see that he's going out there hunting a hit. Uh, that can be a little bit dangerous because that can put you out of position. But when Sam's doing it real well, particularly in the attacking zone, he's going to create a little bit of extra space and maybe a scoring chance for himself or for his line mates. I would not be surprised, D, to see Ron Hextall and Brian Burke, I'm reminding you, by the way, that Brian Burke is now employed by the Pittsburgh Penguins, in case you'd forgotten, look at that fourth line that you mentioned, the non-existent fourth line, as you called it, and say, here's the opportunity. So when I say significant upgrades, I wasn't referring strictly to personnel. I do think it's going to require some additional personnel, but not much. The other thing that's going to come into play here, and people aren't going to like this, is that when we see holes on the roster or when we see names come available, and we're all going to think, oh, Jim Rutherford would get that guy, Jim Rutherford would get that guy, and Derek Broussard was the shiny toy that one year, and Rutherford went and moved heaven and earth to get him, and yes, I was in favor of that. I'm not being hypocritical. I'm just saying that that GM is not here anymore. And I've seen nothing in Hextall's past to suggest that he's going to be eager to part with the very few draft picks he's been left. The manner in which he built the Flyers, the manner in which he's assisted other teams in building their rosters, has been predominantly based in the draft. And he's not going to see a first-round pick, a second-round pick, even a third-round pick as candy to just be passed around the way Jim did. It's a different dynamic. That's why I keep looking at the fourth line. Fourth line is not going to cost you anything. Fourth line might just be a matter of taking on somebody's salary that they don't like and that maybe you can find a way to clear the cap space for. That kind of thing. But I don't think it will involve draft picks. So I hope that clears up that comment. It's a good question. Thank you for asking that. And thanks to everybody for listening. We'll have one more of these tomorrow.
At Point Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.